What is crack a lackin' my brujitas and brojitas, bro, 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 and bro, uh, It is another episode of the Real Nostalgia Podcast coming to you live and direct from the planet Stanconia. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, another episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. I'm a little toasty right now. Your boy had a little bourbon with some Mountain Dew, so I'm buzzed. Yeah, I'm surprised, dude. I'm surprised a, you're, you got that mixed and drink awake. going. And awake. <laughs> uh, I got a good jolt right now. Jesus Christ. He's got that Mountain Dew in him, and he's got that, that bourbon. Jesus Christ! It's a good bourbon? How you been, brother? Jesus Christ! I forgot about that guy. Dude, we need him, we need him now more than ever, you know? You should have him as a fucking uh, sound effects in the soundboard. Shit, dude. Next week, I'll have him. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, This episode, we're going to be doing something a little nostalgic uh, for the Real Nostalgia Podcast. I feel like we haven't talked about a story or anything like that. So we're going to start the podcast with the story. Um, and then we're going to get into some movie reviews about some good movies we saw this week. You know the vibes. What are you <laughs> sipping on, Ruben? I just got some. I got a tall can of 805. I didn't even know they sold that in tall cans. And then I realized, oh, yeah, they do. I think they sell that at Dodger Games. Yeah. It's been a long time since I had 805. It's pretty good, dude. It's good, right? I, I, I went back like this past, like the past two weeks. I went and like started getting like the, like the beer we used to drink. Like that, that Corona Familiar, I we traded, and then like yeah. I got um. Did you cool. try the beer? Yeah, dude, I liked it a lot. It was good. <laughs> that's the first one from that full that I really fucking enjoyed, or whatever. What's it called? That's a now, beer thug, now, that's now a beer thug later, life. later. Yeah, right now, right now, or, right or later, now. later. Yeah, but it's the first one from the beer thug life that I was like, oh, this is good. It's just really easy to drink. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's good. It, it's a grape juice. It does, it tastes yeah. like grape juice. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, so you were saying you oh, went yeah, back? Oh, yeah, so so I went back and just started trying, like, the beers that we used to try again. And I had, like, Coors, Corona, like, all those, like, cheaper cheaper ones, you know? So far, this 805 is the best. Oh, man. Like, the, cool, the Coors is, like, real nostalgic for me. Like, it's just, like, cool having the Coors. But yeah. I think taste-wise, I like the 805 the best. I've been craving uh, Orange Wit from Coronado. Oh, yeah, that one's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, dipped out. I was like, did you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I saw something on the board. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, well, we're good. Uh, I've been craving that. That I've been craving the ones we used to always drink, the uh, the Red Hooks. Oh, yeah. Those Red Hooks were good. I forgot about those, Because they were man. so cheap. I remember that was like a, right before we found Platinums. Yeah. That was like the go-to because we were kind of a little snobby about beer. So we were like, all right, well, this is 6% and it's like a craft IPA. Dude, who makes you know Red Hooks? I, f- I forgot about them. Isn't it Red Hook? The, oh, really? The okay. I just remember like yeah. we get them at BevMo all the, all the time. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Damn, dude. Yeah, so I don't know. I've been craving like beers like that too, but I haven't gone to Bevmo. Bevmo's the one that has it, all, all that shit. I don't ever go to Bevmo. Yeah, it's, I know. I, me either. I do want some. I do been craving. I have been craving that orange wit though. So uh, I ordered beer online though. That's the thing. So I'm kind of like waiting for beer. So we'll see. I, I missed dude. Um, that one uh, or Coronado Brewery. Like that was. I that, mean, the last time we went, it was trash. I know, man. That's the thing. Like I, I, I like, it used to be really good. Like I, I like yeah. all the times we had, they were really fun. You know, that was like our, our go-to in San Diego. 
I don't think it's fallen off. I just think that that time we went was a bad experience. Oh, the very last Cause time. Because the time, yeah. Be- yeah, the time before that was was fine. It was crowded, but it was fine because I remember we got burritos the last time and we were eating it in there. Uh huh. But the last time we went, yeah, it was like kid kid zone. It was like a fucking playground outside. Yeah, it was like they were having like some like softball after a tournament or something. They had all the kids there. Yeah. But even like the vibe, though, yeah, the total vibe of it, like the, even the look of it kind of changed. Like they changed like the look of all their like their beers, I guess. Like they all have like a, a like a standard look, like look now. But just, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't good, mind it. Good times though. Like actually, the story we're gonna talk about started in that in that brewery. Oh, you're right. I didn't even yeah. think of that. What a good segue, brethren. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said, this week we're going to start with a story because your boys have been feeling very nostalgic lately. So, uh, the story I want to talk about happened uh basically around the time that we got hired at the movie theater there was a time when we went to we would go to shows all the time together yeah uh obviously before ruben had a child and uh when we had a lot more free time were you living with mickey at that time yeah right i think so yeah uh um, for, for this and show it yeah. un- and it wasn't uncommon for us to drive down to sd just to go to a show and then come back yeah he's talking I've about san it, diego I've, not, I've not it, south dakota i've done it solo dolo what happened it said you're talking about san diego not south dakota yeah not not south dakota brethren <laughs> <laughs> but i did do it solo dolo a couple times which is pretty fucking wild to think i, I can't uh, do that dude you can't no i don't know why i just i just feel like i, I maybe if i once i did it then i could do it again but dude, just it's so cake i just did it not too long ago for a beer run it's like i've been i i'm i think i'm gonna go again like pretty soon i've been just like fuck it it's like such a pretty city and the beaches aren't as crowded as they are over here yeah yeah after um, you get that after you get that vax dude you gotta we gotta do some beer oh runs god dude i need that va- I, I just got bumped to the bottom of the list brother yeah. <laughs> are you you're after the the bums and the the people in jail now yeah basically because <laughs> they were like uh all essential workers are god and we're moving to uh, uh age brackets now oh really yeah, but my parents keep telling me that uh, they're working with our union or whatever, but I haven't heard anything at work, so I don't fucking know. Uh, but they keep saying that our union specifically is like has our own like like is talking with the government our own thing and oh yeah to get you guys on that list or something or the eligibility to get like to el- for the eligibility not even on the list but like we have our own thing as in the like they might be uh, outsourcing the vaccine to us. Oh okay, so you guys could do it there and just give it give yeah. it to all the employees. That's cool. I guess I don't know, but we'll see. Fuck it. They always they never remember <laughs> us, but I don't care. Uh, all right, so let's get into the story. So all the right. story is uh, the time we went to San Diego to go watch this band, The Damn Things, um, at the House of Blues in San Diego, downtown San. Diego. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard the Damn Things, they're pretty good. They're they're uh, the singer of Every Time I Die. This is like a side project. Also, the the what the guitarist from Anthrax. Yeah, what's that guy's name? What's Sam was it Ian? Ian. Sam was it Ian? I want to say Ian was, Bugsby. Scott, 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 Ian, Ian. Scott Ian. I was going to say Ian Mackay. I was like, oh, yeah, Ian Mackay, too. I don't know why Ian Bugsby <laughs> just seems so right. Ian Mackay is a fucking biter threat, but it's Scott Ian. Yeah, but but they're pretty much like good party music. Like, it's like that's why we, that's the song we introed with. Yeah, they're like, a, it's a good time. I, we, I really, me and Ruben really uh, have an affinity for every time I die, the, the band. And uh, this is just like a offshoot. This is like, so every time I die is like for a while was considered like party hardcore, I guess you could say, because they were dudes that like didn't care and had a lot of fun and yeah. used to sing about werewolves. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is like to the 10th degree. This is like taking like 90s fucking bar band and be like, hey, let's fucking get banned. Let's get drunk. Like, and so uh, it's got that kind of ethos and like 
their fans that listen to Damn Things are usually having a good time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to a Damn Things uh, show where they're not having a good time. Uh, Every Time I Die is a different story. Gotten uh, plenty of times hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a different crowd for sure. A lot, uh, a lot more angrier, angrier people every time I die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an older crowd because of the uh, whole anthrax, and I think there's a other another man as well in it too. The other guitarist, I don't know, or the other, Boy. the other bassist. No, oh, Fallout Boy is a drummer, and then there's a bassist. I don't know if he's from Anthrax as well for an, um, another band. I think there's two. I think two people were from Anthrax. Okay, yeah. and then yeah, the drummer is from Fallout Boy, right? Yeah, Fallout Boy. So it's like a super group of sorts, I guess you can say. Um, yeah, so the this story takes place around uh, after we got after we were working at the movie theaters. Honestly, it could have been when we were working at the movie theaters. I don't know. I know it's around that time. Um, but yeah, I, I want to say goes, it was like we towards went, the end, right? Like towards the end. Hey, I think it was. I think it was right at the end. All I know is it just everything jumbles together. It There's does, like yeah, a period like a, of time when when we left the movie theater and we were in between jobs or had new jobs. That spans like a good like <laughs> ten years. I feel like where it's yeah, just no. like everything <laughs> mashed in together, and yeah, it was just a lot of good times. I mean, I don't really have a timeline for it. I just know this is the time when me and Ruben were like full fledged going to shows like almost every goddamn week. This was like our thing, dude. Like all the time, and especially San yeah. Diego trips. We drive two hours just to go see a show. Yeah, and so the plan was because we got so good at it. So, so. Let's get a little white boyish here. So San Diego yeah, is like the Mecca. <laughs> San Diego is the Mecca for craft beer. And so that's basically why we used to go there all the time. It's like we used to find all these breweries down there, go experiment with new breweries. And yeah, just visit that city because there's like literally you can throw a rock and hit like 20 breweries. And so we started going down there and we found Coronado, the tasting room. Uh, near SeaWorld, not the actual uh, brew pub. Um, we found it and we like fell in love with it. So we would go down there. We would like make a we we would make like a pilgrimage and do like the, our regular like three or four stops at different breweries. Yeah, that was like the first one we went to because I just remember we used to have the orange weight like at Bevmo and all that stuff, and we liked it. So we're like, oh, we got to go there. It's in San Diego. I remember we've been going to Coronado for so long that I remember the first time you went, you took Mickey on a trip to the Coronado. Oh, okay, yeah. And you guys went to the restaurant on there, the island, and yeah. They, and they were barely building or hadn't even built the one on Knoxville. That's right, the area yeah. Sea World, and so we hadn't even gone there. So when we went, it was like when it barely had opened. Not this time, but we had been going there. We've been going there for so long. We've also found a ton of breweries from San Diego mm-hmm. down there. I mean, we went down there when they built the Ballast Point before Ballast Point. You know, was yeah. even a big thing. Like before they even had fucking uh, tasting rooms. That's true. Yeah, there was only a couple of back then. Now there's a bunch. Um, yeah, and so yeah, so we would make a pilgrimage. We would do like a we would do a run. We'd go down there and we'd either go see a band at Soma and then we'd be like, all right, we're gonna go hit this brewery, this brewery, and then we're gonna get some burritos and to chill in the parking lot till the show happens. Dude, I missed so I I just remember about Soma too. That was an awesome venue. Or we'd go to the Epicenter, uh, which is like a little tiny fucking show uh, venue at a like a a park. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and we've done it countless times. I remember. Speaking of of Epicenter, I have have a story for that one. Remember, we went to go see. I think it might have been. Uh, he is legend. His legend. And that that was like you took me there, and that was like the first time because I remember you've been there before, and so then this time that we went, it was the first time I was there. And we were drinking in the parking lot. And I remember, like, I was like, oh, I got to take a piss. And you're like, oh, just go piss on that wall over there. 
So like I like scoped it out, went over there, like I unzipped. I was taking a piss, and then I just hear people cheering, and like right over the wall was like a, a softball game for like a kids. Oh yeah, like, oh, that's shit. right. <laughs> oh, like, oh, yeah, you know what's so offender. funny is like we didn't know until the third or fourth time we went to. I went to the epicenter that it's like basically in the same parking lot. Like it has a, a police station in that same parking yeah. lot. <laughs> I got lucky there, dude. So we'd be like pissing and shit against a wall. Oh, man, I got a story for there that uh, Ruben wasn't there that involves a pizza box and the five freeway on oh, the man. way home, baby. That's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a shady one, dude. Oh, shit. Uh, I think Ralph was in the car for that one. He never lets me live it down. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we went to go see Sea Haven that time. So we went. Okay, so long story short, we would make a pilgrimage to San Diego and we'd like go to specific breweries we'd have a whole itinerary we'd be like all right well we're gonna go to um fuck i'm trying to think of the breweries we used to go down there all the time too oh i forgot too wait it was um coronado dude i'm coronado. blanking on, on all of them right there's like a million down there bro yeah but i'm trying to run, remember the ones we went to specifically down there oh uh, belching beaver we- Oh, you go to Belching Beaver, Coronado, and then we'd get some burritos yeah. at uh, Lucha Libre Taco Shop. That place is, yeah, uh, place is awesome. And, uh, yeah, or we'd go to a liquor store, uh, buy dr- buy drinks, because I remember one time you went to that place that sold the – we were, like, astonished that they sold Jack Daniels in cans. That was, like, oh, yeah. branded. The Jack Daniels. It was like, yeah, yeah, that was or cool. Or, like, the Moscow, Moscow Mule in a can, which is, like, ginger ale. And, yeah, that was a – I gin. remember that. That was a really cool uh, liquor store. And uh, they had a bunch of shit. And they were like, they give us like free glasses too to take home. Like, yeah, by uh, by Paul's Barbecue. Yeah, yeah, not too far from Paul's Barbecue. Uh, all right, so we we would go down there, and we would go down, and the plan was we'd get shit faced at Coronado, <laughs> and we'd drive like fifteen twenty minutes to downtown San Diego, um, and then keep drinking in that parking lot before we went into the show. Now, like we said at the beginning, the damn things is like uh what. <laughs> Uh, so the damn things was a, is like I said, a party. I just lost my train of thought. My, is a party band. And so we were like in that party mode. We were like, uh, for sure, for sure. Like, hold on. Give me a quick sec, guys. Ugh. Uh, we were, we were for sure in that mode when we went to go see them. And so basically we fucking went to Coronado. I don't know if this is where we, we had, uh, the German chocolate stout. This is when we found out about it. Yeah, that was like it was like a one-off type of beer too because um, I think the the bartender girl she said that it was like a mistake or something. Right? Yeah, it was like, and then like they made a mistake and then it was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna release it, and that was like so delicious, and it was like ten percent, and we, and then like I remember like she was like hooking us up too with like she would just give us like the little half like the four ounces, and she was and then I guess because it was like a mistake they were just giving it to us, and yeah, we ended up getting fucking wasted. Yes, 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 yes. So. We went, uh, we got drunk at Coronado. I think we had burritos. And then we went to our usual spot. Now, see, this is where things start getting interesting. Because I remember this is a <laughs> this is the first time uh, that uh, your boy put Ruben in some precarious positions. So this is what happened. We started driving to downtown San Diego. And I should have so, The driving. first of many. Like, we, we, yeah, we realized we shouldn't have been driving, right? So. We go down, we're driving to downtown San Diego. If you've ever been to downtown San Diego, <clears throat> it's like a lot of like major metropolitan cities. Uh, there's a lot of one-way streets. And so you kind of got to like be playing. <laughs> you got to kind of be watching what you're doing everywhere. And so we started, I remember we were we hit downtown. You get off on, what is it, like Zassafras or some shit like yeah, that? Or yeah. I don't know if it's like, 
we get out and we're going to downtown and I remember <laughs> I'll never forget it. We go and I don't think I'm driving my car. I think I'm driving your car. Yeah, I think I have like my hatchback. <laughs> yeah, and uh <laughs> I remember making a left and like compensating or not compensating enough for it and so we're going and as i'm driving like ruben's yelling the whole time like whoa you're gonna hit the curve you know what it was just like fine it was really foggy remember (laughs) that it was like super foggy and then like we and we were having a conversation about uh kanye west and you were you were were, like really into it going about like how he broke his jaw and all this stuff you know you were telling me the whole story and like it was like super foggy and you could barely see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i fucking take the curve bro you so this is a first the whole this curve. Is, i took the whole curve with the left side of the car it was just like doom, doom. and so this is the start of a bad evening I or, just, I just not, it wasn't bad like, ah. it's just like yeah <laughs> we're all freaking out right so this happens so then we go and we have a like we have a usual part we know we've been to downtown san diego so much that we know like the layout we know where all the parking lots are and we're like all right this is our favorite one this is where you can take the easiest piss there's like a wall like there's uh sometimes a uh porter potty so you know what we're gonna we're gonna hang out here so we go and we find our usual spot and then at this spot we start taking peas against the wall while we're while we're drinking and uh we notice a cop roll through the roll through uh the parking, the parking lot. lot. And I remember being like freaked the fuck out cuz he was he was I he was just patrolling. It's downtown. There's a bunch of bars. He was just patrolling the area but it's one of those things where Mitchell starts freaking out. It's like, should I move the car? Should I just move or like and so he would just like go and he'd circle the parking lot and he did it like twice and we were all freaking out like, oh, it was just me and Ruben. We were like, oh my God, dude, uh, <laughs> yeah. put the, put the beer on the side, put the beer on the side. Like, and, uh, yeah, so that was the second open. And I, I and remember then, we, uh, after we, we were really wasted from leaving the brewery and we took beer to go. And then so yes. then, yeah, we had like our crawler, <laughs> we had like 32 ounce crowlers in the car that we were Now we had down. growlers. Oh, wait, that's we right. The, we were using We had growlers. the little grumblers, the little growlets. They didn't have the growlers, glass growlets back then, huh? No, no, they didn't. Not at that. Not at that time. Uh, and so, the problem was, we had went to not. We had went to uh, the taco shop and got the burritos, yeah. and we were like mad full. And like hey, we, Mitchell, you gotta explain to them what these burritos are because they're freaking good. All right, so Lucha Libre Taco Shop is a mad famous burrito shop that was. It's been on like countless TV shows, like Man vs. Food, uh, Guy Fieri's Kitchen, whatever, whatever. Diners, drive-ins, and dines. Like it's. It's like a it's a, a San Diego institution. They used to have one. I think they now have four in San Diego County. Um, but it's a uh, it's they're they're famous because they make their version of the San Diego California Surf and Turf or shorthand the California burrito. And their version it's uh like a surf and turf burrito, steak, shrimp, uh, avocado, and carne asada. Uh, the and carne asada and the usual fries, which makes it a California burrito. And then they do this thing where they they fry the che- where they they put the cheese on the grill and then they put it on the burrito. Correct, and it's got their like super famous chipotle sauce. That's like the key to their uh, burritos. And so uh, we've been going there forever. We like it so much that we'll like grab a burrito to go for like two days later and put it in the fucking oven. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a bomb ass burrito spot. It's one of those spots that like is hyped. I'm sure you've heard of it, but it's one of those things where I've never had it. I'm, I've taken countless people there. I take my parents there. I've taken chicks there, and they've all liked it. I've never, like, nobody's not ever liked it. Yeah. So uh, you got to wait in line because it's, like, super famous. It's one of those spots. But uh, you can call. The key is, uh, like, placing an order, calling ahead, and just chilling. Yeah, just going to pick up. In the parking lot and running in there. People look at you like, what? You could pick up? And you're like, yeah. I'm sure you can do it now because of the uh, 
the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only way you can order. But, I'm sure uh, they have yeah. an app for it now because back then they didn't have any apps. Like, you know, like how yeah. it is now. And, and so uh, cut to the story. We had eaten those at the brewery and we were full, but we had gotten these growlers that we were like forcing ourselves to drink and we shouldn't have drank them because no. I think they were, what, what were they? What was the beer? The beer was 10%, the German chocolate stout? Yeah, it was like 10%. And, uh, yeah, we shouldn't have drank it. This is a 32-ounce bottle, a caguama, basically, of a beer that we shouldn't have been drinking. We're just so stoked we, on it because it was, like, so delicious. And, like, yes, you know, we're just like, ah, we got to do it. And so we pounded and pounded and pounded, and then we get into the show. And we've been in countless shows at the uh, San Diego House of Blues. is right in downtown. Um, and uh, the show was kind of empty. We were, like, stunned. We were like, what the hell? We thought the show had sold out. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, but like it was like a quarter filled maybe. Yeah, and that's a big venue. It's a huge venue. We've seen Circa there. We've seen uh, plenty of other bands mm-hmm. there. And uh, I think we see Deftones. Did we see Deftones there? We saw Deftones once and we saw Say Anything there too. Oh, yeah. And then we went for that the acoustic show. Oh, yeah. The Where's the Band Tour. Um, But yeah, so we get in the show and it's like, at this point, I, I can't walk like... Mitch is tore up. I haven't been that tore up in a I, long time. I remember time. us like running from the car because it was like a, a block away. So like I remember we got out of the car and then like we just started running and giggling to the fucking venue. We're just like running and like talking shit to each other and like all excited for the show, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we get in and we get in right away and I think the band's already playing. And I remember it being so, I remember it being so empty that like a pit start forming and you could just like stand in the pit and the pit yeah. was like 10, 10 by 10 feet wide and people were just running around. But yeah, that's one of those shows where everybody, you feel like when you go into a show, sometimes you feel like, damn, I get like anxious because I feel like, damn, everybody's looking at me. You know, you get that feeling. Yeah. And when you walked in there, nah, nobody was, nobody was like that, but everybody was on the same level that we were. Everybody it was, was like crazy, that blackout dude. drunk. Yeah. It was wild. I, I don't think I've seen that many drunk people like having that much of a good time. Uh-huh. Other than like festivals, but it was in closed space and people were fucking wilding. I remember singing with dudes. I don't even remember. I remember they were doing the pit and then I got in the middle, just started dancing like the robot. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was hilarious. That was like your move for a while, dude. <laughs> like when, when Mitchell got to that point, like he would like he was like determined to be in the middle and start dancing. It's because uh the, the Chappelle show, man. You know, Ashy Larry, bro. I wanted to be my own Ashy Larry in real life, bro. I want to be Donnell Rollins, bro. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So we get, we get blitz. We have a great show, awesome show. And then it's one of those things where time flies by. I don't remember. I know. I remember. Uh, I remember that show. I don't not remember. I'm in a shows where I don't remember. I remember I like when we were there, like enjoying the show, it felt like it was full because like you, I remember running around a lot in the floor, like with people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they'll put the arms on your shoulders and then you guys will do yeah. circles and like, it was just like yeah. really, really fun. And it seemed like yeah. it was packed, but like when we were after, like we kind of sobered up a little bit, you know, we're just like, oh shit, it's like, it's like a quarter full. So this is where things get interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so the show ends and we're like, all right, it's fine. Let's go. Let's go back to the car. We go back to the car. We get in the car and now we got to do an hour and a half, two hour drive on the way back home. You know, uh, we get in the car and we start driving. And we're like having fun. Like, oh man, that was such a fun show. We haven't had that much fun at the show. We're like drenched and- in sweat drenched in sweat and then we're about to get on the freeway and ruben looks over me and he's like hey man are you okay to drive and i look i'll never forget it. i look at him and i'm like ruben i don't think i'm okay to drive right now <laughs> dude and then 
in ahead. that moment, I never lived down because Ruben's now wife always reminds me of that. Because I guess Ruben told the story of like, because I think we were telling the story in jest. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that time when we drove back and you were like, nah, I shouldn't drive back. Like, and Mickey heard it and flipped out. So <laughs> that's like, she always brings that up. Like, yeah, like the time you put Ruben in, in danger to drive <laughs> two hours home drunk. And I'm like, uh. Yeah, I remember too, like, like we got off the freeway or something. We're like, all right, let's pull off or something. And he, you pulled off into the military base. <laughs> I was just All like, right, no. so this is where I was getting to. That's why I said this is where the interesting stuff happens. So we get on the freeway, and I'm like, yo, like, this isn't good. Like, <laughs> in my head, I'm rationalizing it, but I'm not telling Ruben in my head. I'm like, all right, well, I know we're 30 minutes outside of uh, the 5 because I think you t- we take the 805 to get into downtown. Or, no, we take the 5. But yeah, we take the, the 5. five we the when the five meets the eight oh five, you're outside of the city. At that point, you're hitting La Jolla, and it's just a straight shot back. Like there's no once you once you once you pass the eight oh five going into San Diego, then you hit La Jolla, and it gets like uh, you start seeing like different towns outside of San Diego, the suburbs. But once you go past that, it's like beach town after beach town after beach town. There's no like, it's not like driving to downtown San Diego. So. <laughs> in my head I'm rationalizing and like well okay well we got 30 minutes there and if I'm not sobered up by then like we should like then then I'll let him know like oh, this is a problem bro like so we're driving and he keeps asking me like are you okay and I'm so, like wait, yeah so I'm you're, like, you're rationalizing like okay I'm not I'm definitely not sober now but I'm gonna wait half hour to pull off the freeway in case I am yes. we're like <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm rationalizing. Okay, well, if I'm not sober 30 minutes, then I do have to pull over. You know what I mean? Which <laughs> but, is stupid. But you weren't it's sober dumb. then, yeah. We could have just waited like an hour, hour and a half. At, like we weren't in a rush to get home. You should have went and got some more I burritos. Dude. I think I might have worked. I think I might have worked the next day. That's I don't probably know. why you were like on like rushing to get home. I don't know. I'm always rushing to get home. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I just remember fucking. We're driving, and then, sure than shit, we passed the 805, and this is by the, when you hit La Jolla, then you hit, like, Laguna Niguel, San Juan Capistrano, and before all that, you hit Camp the Camp Pendleton area, and yeah. in the Camp Pendleton area, it's like, it's there's no lights, so, like, that's a commitment, that's like a 30-minute a, a stretch of highway that, like, if, you, if something happens, you're fucked, you're out in the middle of the fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's dark, too, at night. And so I remember us driving and before we hit that area, I think it's like Oceanside or I don't know if Oceanside's after it or before it, but I just remember us hitting the town, hitting a town and like, I'm like, I got to piss, dude. Like I still, I'm still, I still got to piss. Like there's a bunch of liqueur in my system and I didn't really know that part of town. And so we pull off thinking, oh, well we can just find like a residential area or something. And we pull off and I pull off literally into like the, like the off offshoot or like an entrance to uh, where they do. Not Camp Pendleton, but where they do the drills for Camp Pendleton. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we pull off and, like, literally we roll into, like, a, like one of those kiosks, like those ticket-taking kiosks. And we're like, uh, and yeah, I remember, we can't oh, they go do, anywhere. Oh, they, we got to make a U-turn because we can't go in there because, you know, like, they're military. And I remember yeah. telling you, man, like, okay, bust a U-turn. And I remember you doing a U-turn and you the, the right tire went off the side of the road. You remember that? And like you no. fell into like a tiny little ditch, and we're like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "I, I can get us out." And then like you pull reversed, fucking, <laughs> oh, and then you booked it, and then we went over it. <laughs> yeah. So then we booked it, and then we we're freaking out because at this point, it's like once you know you got to pee, and then you pulled off and thinking you were going to pee, then you got to pee even more. <laughs> so then we went like two, three exits, and I just remember we stopped at a gas station and we peed. 
uh, outside. We didn't even go inside the gas station. But it was like a, a little uh, – there was like a food spot across the street. I want to say it was a Taco Bell. Yeah. But it was random. It was a random-ass spot. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, by this time, uh, I was just like, fuck it. I think I could drive home. And uh, <laughs> I remember yeah, you got I, like a – I think back then we used to like those monster assaults. Cause they tasted like Coke, kind of. Remember those? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you, you got like one of those. <laughs> you got one of those, and you got like a Coke or something for caffeine. Like I don't know, you were just like loading up on caffeine, Jesus. so you could make it home. Yeah. So uh, then from there, we just drove back, and I just remember it being like a super gnarly night. But yeah, I just remember after that, we would tell this story all the time because of how blitzed we were, and uh, Mickey always used to trip out. Like I can't believe it. Like my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but that really though was probably one of the most fun shows I, I've I've been to. I think. Oh yeah, Just, that's for sure one of the most fun shows I've ever been to. Yeah. It's like one of those shows where you know every fucking lyric to the band, and you're uh-huh. just like every song. You're like, "Wee, let's party!" <laughs> like you hear the next song, you're like, "Oh, this is my favorite song too!" And you just fucking go wild. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk about that. Uh, we got countless other stories like that. Uh, we almost talked about the band we like eated. Ruben brought up a bunch of stories about how we filmed them or, and like the first story that came to mind is when we went to a uh, chain reaction and I got my fucking shit knocked in. We were in, like right on the outside of the pit and the dude like fucking came and swung his leg and fucking knocked my knee. I thought I blew out oh, my knee. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then the like next the day floor, I went to your, right? Yeah. Then the next day I went to your apartment and like I had a fucking huge yellow yeah, purple. Right. Uh, I honestly thought I, he fucking like tore my ACL. Cause I I couldn't walk after I was uh-huh. like fuck like that was a gnarly yeah. show man yeah and then I remember we went to one show at the glass house where you fucked up your ankle and I had to like carry you out oh yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah so we've had some good times at some eated shows but it just uh, reminded me of, of, get, get of, hurt. of one time we went to go see uh, I think it might have been Sea Haven at the Chain Reaction and <laughs> I remember it was like me you and Kiki and like we were drunk <laughs> right we were we were pretty fucked up and and Sea Haven's like a like a really like a band that Mitchell loves like it's very close to him and uh, I remember like I think he was getting pissed off because his kid was like crowd surfing and um, he was like trying to enjoy the show right and this kid comes next like he's like gets pretty much like on top he started, of Mitch. he started head stomping fools <laughs> and it's a Sea Haven show bro like come on and uh, so I look over and I just see Mitch grab this dude by the hoodie and pull him down to the floor and just start wailing on him and I remember like all these people just kind of like kind of bundled up in there and i was like oh shit i better go in there and then like i remember i had him like pulling people apart and stuff and then like i think his, his friend was gonna fight you it was like a big ordeal for a while yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah i don't get aggressive it's just i get very emotional so like i feel like if people are interrupting the emotion i get very annoyed <laughs> Yeah, and so homeboy was like head stomping. He wasn't head stomping. He was just trying to get to the front. He was like elbowing back. people. I remember, and I like, just kind of being a dick, trying to get to the front to to jump back off into the people, like off the stage. Yeah, and when you do that, you got to kind of be assertive, you know, and be like, "I'm gonna grab your head to like move me forward." It's not so much people are pushing you forward. He's like, and so I saw him doing that, and I just grabbed his ass and threw him to the ground. And then when I threw him to the ground, I just started socking him. And then, <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a story for the Real Nostalgia Podcast, brotherinos. Uh, now we're going to get into a little bit of what we watched this week because it's been kind of a drought uh, for good movies. And this week we saw a ton of good movies. And so this is where we are going to start to recommend the movies we liked. Uh, I can tell you that I saw my favorite movie of the year so far this year uh, that I'll be talking about. Uh, Ruben, you want to go first? 
Yeah, I'll start off with uh, One Night in Miami. <clears throat> I saw oh, that you one. You know the vibes. Dude, I was like really pumped on this movie, like going into it. Like it was like yeah. super hyped up for me. But I, I just did that for myself, you know? And um, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Regina King, this is her first movie directing. It's, yeah. it's a fun movie. It's a little long, but like it flows really good. And it's just like a, a really cool like night in that, you know, in that world or whatever. Um, what's weird to me though is like it's, it's funny because I know it's like like that night happened. You know, like they say it happened in real life, or whatever. But like, yeah, but it didn't happen like that. Yeah, it didn't happen like that. And also, like these dudes are like, she makes them just to come off as like really cool guys, <laughs> but they're all kind of like assholes. You know, it's just funny. Yeah. Like it was like weird seeing that. Like, I, I wish she would have put a little bit more of their actual personality and like, you know, their. She didn't write it, so it's like a super famous stage play. Oh, that's right, huh? Yeah, it's like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. It's like a very famous stage play, and so she just you know adapted it um so it, it felt like th- by by knowing the the who they are like muhammad ali yeah. you know like all those guys yeah. it just felt like a super fantasy movie because they seem like different people than they really came off as in real life you know what i mean and i'm okay with that see yeah. I, that's why i like that's why i liked the movie because uh-huh. one i i don't think all four of them would have got along um sam cook is like very special to me as is uh, malcolm x yeah um and so it's like very hard to bring Sam Cooke because I think Sam Cooke has like the greatest voice in rock and that's, roll. I, that's like one of the most reasons why I was excited for this movie to actually see Sam Cooke portrayed in something. You know, like that's so cool. And there's like little things that she did that are like nods to. Uh, I I enjoyed the, the 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 chances she took. Like she didn't dub in Sam Cooke's voice. That's yeah. Leslie Odom's voice, and I enjoy. I I appreciate that so much because Sam Cooke is like Marvin Gaye. Those are like once in a you lifetime. Can't, you voices, can't. Yeah, you, know you know can't just. You can't. Yeah. And I always hate when they overdub uh, the singer. And it's kind of like, uh, like they did that on Selena, the Selena show, and it, it takes you out of it for me. Mm-hmm. And so to let him sing, uh, I thought it was cool. I liked him. Um, I liked the the British guy. I mean, I always have problems when British people are playing American heroes. You just don't like the British, it. or what? I just think that there's plenty of there's plenty of American actors or you know young yeah. black actors that can play, I'm sure. But it's like that guy's a good actor, you know. He also played Barack Obama in uh, the the movie about their date with Michelle. I think it's Michelle. You know what's Obama so funny, dude? And um, I told Mickey while we were watching it. It to me, it seemed like he was kind of doing an impression of Barack Obama, like during during uh, the so, movie. So he he did Barack. Um, and then you know you I always have. I was telling Ralph this because Ralph was like, oh, I wanted, I'd never seen Malcolm X. And, you know, watching One Night in Miami, I kind of want to learn more about Malcolm X. And I told Ralph, like, you know, I I, I did a book report on the autobiography of Malcolm X in fourth grade. Like, uh-huh. that's somebody that, like, my parents fucking loved. Like, my dad is like, my dad still has the OG Malcolm X hat from the 90s, like, from the Spike Lee movie era. Like, that's somebody my parents taught me about hella young. Like, and so... He, he, like I said, he holds a very dear place in my heart. And so when you see the portrayal sometimes, the only person that I feel that ever got it right was uh, Denzel. And that's because, like, that's other that's an otherworldly performance. Yeah. When he played it, you're just like, that's him. Like, he embodied him. Like, his soul fucking went to that man. And, yeah, so it's it, it's tough. But, I like you said, I, I took it as a fantasy because I know that this is ne- not necessarily happened in real life. And I looked at it as, a, like, I want to see what Regina King's going to do. You know, she's like, uh, she's an amazing actress, uh, Oscar winning, Oscar winning yeah. actress, actress, you know? And so like the people she's worked with, it's like, you know, you take lessons from that. You take, you know, it's the whole Bradley Cooper theory. It's like all these guys you work with, like mm-hmm. 
are you're you're learning from each master you work with. So I wanted to see what she did. And honestly, as a first time feature, I thought it was like directed the she directed the shit out of the fucking definitely, movie. dude. Um, it's like you, it's so, like yeah. raw talent of being a director. Correct. That's what it looked like. It yes. just looks like flawless. You it's know? Like, like I feel like she hasn't even found her voice, and when she does, that's totally different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's yeah. like that's like you're gonna level up because it's a good movie. Period. Uh, but like when you when she finds her voice or her style or whatever, it's like whew. there's like shots like because the the majority of the movie takes place in a, in a motel room, and like yeah. she found a way to make a two hour movie entertaining, and like there's shots where like I think it was Malcolm X talking to Sam Cooke, and like there's a mirror with them, and when Malcolm X talks, like the mirror like focuses on his face, and then like then she'll like focus, and then like the mirror gets unfocused and it goes to sam cook it's just like we, the, the things that she does her shots yeah her like choices. so interesting dude it's like really good correct yeah yeah it's cool she does a ton of god shots which i kind of get annoyed by with people but they worked there's a purpose for all her god shots um i was really impressed by how she shot the boxing ring yeah uh, it was different it was weird high, huh it wasn't like a instead a, of shooting high it's like that's like what i always tell people i always tell people if you're gonna shoot like an event that you're trying to cheat with how many people is always shoot fucking low. And so she shoots from the perspective of the audience. Yeah. And every time she shows the audience, she shoots from uh, down, like you're in the ring looking at these people instead of like the, the huge gaze of like, you know, you can't pull off oceans 11 unless, uh, you're like, Oh, cause in oceans 11, they have that famous Lennox Lewis, uh, boxing match and they just filmed while that boxing match is going on. And so you get a full MGM, you know what I yeah. mean? Like That you don't get all the time. Especially on a shoestring budget like this, but yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed this movie. I would recommend it to people to watch. Um, but like, I would, I would just stress that this is fiction. This isn't fact. Like, that's not fact. They may have talked about a lot of things. One of these guys may have spent thirty minutes. You know, it's not. They didn't spend the whole night together. It was a yeah. meeting that they did. Um, because of uh, cosmic events, Sam Cooke was recording in Miami. Muhammad Ali was fighting, and you know, it's like. They did meet, but I don't necessarily know if it went that far. But I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, let me talk about uh, one that you didn't see, The World According to Garp. Uh, I watched that recently. This is a movie people always talk about. It's like one of Robin Williams' earliest films. Uh, uh, I don't know if Glenn Close uh, won anything for it. I, I think she got it. might have got nominated for it. But uh, it's an interesting movie. Uh, Robin Williams plays a young college student who's like a, who uh, who wants to become a writer, and his mom plays like this ultra feminist uh, nurse in like the '50s, '60s, and he like it talks. It's just about him going through adolescence. It's like his whole his whole life going through adolescence, and his mom eventually puts out a book of all her travels and all her stories and she becomes like a number one writer and then he puts out a book at the same time and is like super overshadowed like can't even make oh, a bestsellers okay. list and it's just like him in that world it's a very interesting movie uh i enjoyed it you see why uh robin williams is like poised to become a great actor in that movie it's like one of his first movies it's like a very soft-spoken movie uh it's not what people thought from him at the time you know it's a total shift yeah um, but yeah, people hold that movie in such high regard. It's one of th- it's one of those movies I wanted to get checked off, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I it was I enjoyed it. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but I enjoyed it. Uh, what you got? All right, I saw Promising Young Woman, and uh, oh, let's talk about it because I saw it. Yeah. yeah, so like this movie has been like really hyped for me too. Like, and it's like I just right now like online, it's just everybody just like loving it and just saying it's like amazing and you know all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it was good, but I just yeah. it wasn't amazing to me. You know, like, 
it was entertaining. Like some of the stuff kind of drug on a little bit. It's kind of long too, I think, this movie. But um, it's two hours. Yes, and it just like halfway through, it just kind of seemed like okay, we're kind of we could you could move on to the end now. But um, overall, it's good. I recommend it. It's it's fun, you know. If that's fun for people, you know what I mean. Like it kind of it's like a, a the subject matter is not like fun subject matter, but like they make it pretty fun in the movie. You know, like it's like entertaining movie. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a it's a satire um on like revenge films through the woman's perspective um it's really smart i like the dialogue specifically in the movie uh because it's like a <laughs> it takes a parody of like people being ultra woke and like infusing that into the script yeah and so you're not sure if you're supposed to be annoyed by people or they're making like a choice to make fun of those people yeah but either way it makes you think about the comments you should you are making in real life uh-huh. uh especially in this time period <laughs> Um, because it deals with, uh, a young girl's, uh, rape and, uh, her best friend goes on like a a revenge spree basically to avenge, uh, her friend's rape. And so, yeah, I, for a long time, I didn't really understand the purpose of the movie, uh, necessarily what the storyline is because it doesn't really ever tell you you why she's, as you were watching it or before you watched it when I was watching it because there's never really a rule that tells you why she's doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because not necessarily all those guys that she's doing this to are related to the one main incident. So it's like, what are the rules? Um, but I want to say about 30 minutes through, I realized it wasn't necessarily about that. Um, it's about the culture of, uh, it's about rape culture. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was super smart. <laughs> and so I want to see what this uh, young lady does next, the director. See, the, writer. the thing is, it's it's smart, but at the same time, it, it kind of like, she it it's like it's not I, for me i didn't think it was done correctly because she makes every guy in that movie seem like an asshole and an idiot which kind of yeah. you know what i mean it just kind of like it's it's just i don't know it just she should make it a little bit more realistic cuz not every not every guy's like that but like it just kind of like took me out a little bit cuz i noticed like every single guy she ran into or they ran into the movie was like a total asshole and just Correct. completely ridiculous, you know? And it's kind of like, eh, okay, I, I get, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Okay, oh, they meet this guy at the store. Oh, he's an asshole. Oh, they meet this guy. Oh, and he's so, an asshole. It's like, you know? So that's why I liked head. it. Because, yes, that's why I liked it. Because I don't know if that's a choice. I feel like that's a choice. I feel like she says, like, everybody's despicable. Even the dad. Like, the dad is, like, doesn't isn't in tune with his daughter. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, every guy in this fucking movie is an idiot. And it's like... Are you supposed to get offended as a guy or are you just supposed to be like, yeah, I mean, all guys are idiots. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like a lot of choices she makes. I don't know if she's, I don't know if I interpret them the right way, but I, I like the fact that she's making me question everything uh-huh. Um, in that, in, in watching it. And so, yeah. And then that third act, I think the third act is fucking brilliant. I think it totally shifts the the whole movie and you're just like, wait, what am I watching? Like, it, it pretty and, much uh, it turns into very bad things at the end. Yeah, it's and funny. it's just like, like one of those things where it's so comically over the top that I just took in tune. Like, okay, so she was making a choice yeah. throughout this whole movie to do something, and so that's why I think like it is like a a, a satire almost on that whole on the whole rape culture on like the victim, uh, the people who don't help the victim, uh, somebody who's getting revenge for the victim, like. Even her character in itself, it's like she never explains the rules of her character. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't you know. You don't know, know if she, if she's super evil about things, or she's, or she's gonna be like, you know, because like on a plan. Because like yeah. not everybody, like I said, is like involved with that incident. So yeah. that, I don't know. That's why I liked it. it. Like, but I'm not saying it's the greatest movie. Uh, 
my biggest thing was it was too hyped up for me. Like I enjoyed watching it, but I thought it was going to be like, oh my god, this yeah, everybody is, this is, is making movie. it. But I think this too, is... it, because like of what it deals with, people are just trying to push it out there even more. I got, I got matter, you. You know I mean? thought it was going to be uh, like American Psycho, but the girl version. That's what I thought too, coming into it. Yeah. And so yeah, like it kind of it didn't let me down because like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, some of the choices were kind of like, huh? Hey, hey, and the, then you know the what's casting funny? Co- the casting choices did it kind of take you out a little bit or no? Like Bo, Bo and uh, Max Greenfield, like no Max Greenfield, I liked. I fucking but, but loved. But did, I, did I you just, like it because like it reminds you of the new girl? Or yes, was, yes, or, like, yes. I loved it. So like, He's like I loved it. I wonder like if you don't know him, like if he if it's still like a good cast. You know what I mean? Because he's so ridiculous in this movie, and so yes, like, you yes, know what I mean, yes, like. Yes. But because we, I mean, for us, it's like awesome because it's like he's playing the same character, you know, as he's playing Schmidt in yeah. real life. So like, uh, I wonder if like Schmidt you, was an evil you don't person. know him coming into. I don't know. Movie. I feel like he's making a choice to be like over the top. Yeah, you know what I mean. The, he's the whole he's pretty much scene. Jerry Jeremy Piven in this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> From yes. Very bad things. I I love Bo. I love Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see him as a heartthrob. But that's me. I mean, that's me being. That's me me making an assumption. Like, why can't he be? Yeah. Um. But that did take me out of it, you know. He's so he's got that he's got that cadence that's so particular to him, like where he does a, jo- a joke and he's like, "Let me take that back," you know what I mean? Like yeah. The, the, the almost like the doofus, uh-huh. and that always like takes me out of it because it's so uh, related to his comedy. But I, what I was gonna say was like, for some odd reason, when I watch when I was watching that movie, when I was watching uh, "Promising Young Woman," like uh-huh. it's one of those movies that really reminded me of living in L.A. Like. Uh, a lot of the shot, a lot of the places they shot was like, oh, like the the where they their first bar is the Viper Room. That's the Viper Room, uh-huh. and like they shot at Lanternman. Oh, they did uh, in Pomona. Oh. Yeah, uh, there's like one shot where she like she's like the guy. She's in the middle of the road, and the guy comes around because she's like she's like she does something and she's frozen, and the guy comes around and is like move your car. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and he like she goes out, she hits him, hits her car with the tire iron. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. at Lanternman. It's like odd. Like I don't know, man. Like. I still can't like some of the choices. I still can't figure out like the car. Like I don't know why she has that like Accord, that old Accord or Tercel, whatever it is. Like, uh-huh. what? like why, why? There's there has to be something to have that car. Like you can get a cheap car. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was yeah, it supposed to set the time period? Because no, is like nobody really uses cell phones, but then they do use cell phones. I don't know. It's like weird. It's like uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, that that like certain things confused me about. It. I was like, wait, what? Like. Huh? Is this a, why is she making this choice? Why is this that this? I don't. I don't, I don't. I personally don't think it's everything's as intentional as you may think. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just think maybe this just. It's just I don't know. I just think it wasn't as thought out. Like she got lucky. Maybe I don't know, but I I'm just glad that it made me question a lot of uh-huh. things. You know what I mean? I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just like was let let down by the hype machine. I thought it was gonna be fucking top ten fucking movie I seen this year and. Yeah, I was kind of let down. Me too. Maybe if I saw it in a theater, it'd be different. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. When I see movies now that are streaming, I something really has to captivate me to be like, oh, fuck, this is like one of the greatest movies I ever saw. Yeah. Um, what are you going to talk about next? Oh, that's what I, that's what I talked about. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah. Uh, hey, that, my turn. That, uh, that bourbon and Mountain Dew got you, huh? <laughs> got me, dude. I'm like on one. Uh, I'm going to talk about The Climb. Um, the Climb I would recommend specifically to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we would, I think if you would have saw this movie last year, this would have been like one of your favorite movies of the year. Um, yeah, this is a really good fucking movie. This one lives up to the hype. This is a movie that was supposed to come out. This was supposed to come out last year, uh, right before COVID 
Um, it's famous because it was like a seven minute short and then they turned it into a full fledged movie. It's about two idiots. And the premise is they're on a bike climb in the beginning. Like the intro is basically the short they're on a bike climb and his friend's about to get married. And he reveals to him that he slept with his, his, uh, soon to be wife, uh, before they got together. And that like leads to like all this, like (laughs) random ass shit to happen. And it's about their friendship and, it goes it goes through time like a uh, ten year period between these two guys and uh, it's really funny. It reminds me a lot of like it's got that like hump day dialogue. Oh, okay, but it's got like a lot of wonders. Like I, I think you would appreciate it for how it's shot. Uh, it's got like a lot of interesting shots that I was like, wait, what? Like how are they doing this on this budget? Like, uh, yeah, it's a micro budget film. It was supposed to come out, got delayed. Um, and then they released it because they wanted to get it into the festival circuit, uh, or the award circuit this year. They released it last year at drive-ins, but I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, and then they took it out and they were like, oh, we're going to release it on Amazon later this year. And they just held it. They didn't release it. Uh, so okay. it was supposed to come out last year. And then finally it came out this past week. It's not on, on Amazon, Amazon, right? It, is it, you it to, is. You got to pay. You, to, oh, you got to pay. It's okay. like six ninety nine. But I just think that if you would have saw it, it's got like... Your humor, uh, I think you would like the, the acting in it. And uh, I was just blown away by how technical the, the movie is, like how it's shot. I was just like, wait, what? Like, uh, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah, so I'll definitely check that out. That I think people should see. All right, then yeah. I saw News of the World. You haven't seen it, huh? Oh, no, how was it? Dude, I liked it a lot. Like, I, I, that's, I think that might end up in my top 10 this year. Okay. Because it's just like the world that they create is like really cool. And like, dude, Tom Hanks is... He's like the the most money making cowboy in movie history, and uh-huh. and you can't you know he just he does it again, dude. <laughs> he plays a good cowboy in this movie too, and and um yeah, dude that that the act the girl that um that he it's a uh, basic premise. What's the premise? So the basic premise is is he goes across the country telling the news. So he'll get he'll like buy the news that like has like these rolls of the news that's going on in the world, and he goes to different small towns and tells them like. You know the, what's going on in the world, but what happens is, um, he he goes and tells his stories in his, his news, whatever, and he then he on his way to another town, he finds like a carriage that's like been robbed and ransacked, and there's a little girl that's in the carriage, and he okay, he's like okay, I'll take her, take her to the next town, and then they'll take her to wherever she needs to go, but the next town, like they're like oh the 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 transport just left, they're not gonna be here for weeks. And then he's like, okay, well, well, where, do, well, where does she stay? And then, like, with you, like, we don't give a shit about her. You know what I mean? Like, now she's your yeah. problem. So it pretty much is, like, he's trying to, like, take her to where she's supposed to go. Like, her family. Got it. You know what I mean? Because, like, she was kidnapped when, as a young, like, as a baby by Indians. And the Indians uh, killed her parents. But she's got yeah. other family that he's trying to take her to. So she doesn't know, like, his language. She knows all the Indian language. language yeah. You know, because she was raised by Indians. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it's, it's really good. So, like, as he's trying to take her to where she's got to go, he stops at small towns and still does his news. But every town's different. Every town's really cool, you know? Like, it's just yeah. cool. It's, like, a really – I thought it was it flowed really well, and it's, like – it was kind of fun, you know? Like, it was good. It was just, like, uh, there's been a barrage of movies, and there also is going to be another barrage of movies coming out this week. And uh, it was one of those things where it just fell by the wayside. Like, I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just haven't got around to it. Uh, yeah, I gotta find a legal stream, but I will watch it. This would be, I mean, and th- I honestly feel this is one that suffered for not being in a theater, because yeah. sometimes you just get sucked into that world more when you're in a theater. And like, yeah. I think this one would have really been better like in the theater. I, I really enjoyed it, but like, I think the theater would have made it a better experience. Okay, okay. 
Um, let me talk about uh, my second and last one. Uh, in and of it, in in and of itself. Now, I don't necessarily know if this is a movie. I just know that this is a recording of a one man show slash magic show slash monology slash um, illusion. I don't know how to explain it. I was just curious. This is a movie that's like popped up on my radar because of the director. It's directed by Frank Oz. I don't think there's uh, I don't need to describe his work. Uh, He's one of the greatest. The OG was a fucking Muppeteer, then became like a legit good director. Um, yeah, I mean, this, I just saw this on a whim. Like, uh, this is one of those things that's kind of like been in uh, rotation. There's been a lot of uh, advertising, a lot of push for it this past two weeks. Uh, this guy's been popping up, the, the, the performer's been popping up on certain podcasts. Um, and so, you know, I was like, I, I just wanted to watch it. And uh, I watched it, and I was like blown away. It's a very uh, visceral performance that you have to kind of lend yourself to it um, and ask for you to turn off everything in the beginning um, as if you were there at the show and you kind of got to give yourself over to it it's one of those things where like I don't know if everybody's gonna like it I do know that some people think this shit is hella corny but um yeah I just think it, it resonated with me on a very emotional level and I really fucking enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't want to describe too much of it. Like I said, it's like part magic, part illusion, part one man show, part uh, monologue. It's just it's unique. I never seen anything like it. And I enjoyed it. And uh, the other thing is it was, you know, this has been this performance has been talked about uh, for a while in like magic circles. And so people have gone to go see this. Uh, it was off Broadway, then went to Broadway, and it's cool because they recorded all these shows, and like you can kind of people watch because they edit together several of the shows, so like you can see famous people in the audience watching the show. So yeah, it was like David Blaine, it, but right? There's like you can see W. Kamau Bell, you can watch, you can see David Swain, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, the dude from Project Runway. You mean Bill um, Gates? Oh, is it? Bill? I'm sorry. Steve Jobs is. Uh, yeah, he's dead. I was like, oh, that's a sick ass magic Gates, trick, dude. Uh, Bill, Bill Gates. Uh, yeah, it's just like, it's funny. All these people went to go see it. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I, I saw it because uh, Robert Rodriguez, I talked about it a lot. And um, he uh, he talked about it before. And then finally, like, he tweeted, like, oh, the movie out, you know, like I've been praising, whatever, like my favorite movie. It just came out. It's now on Hulu. So then, like, yeah. we we were gonna watch another movie, and then I just put it on. I told Mickey, we'll, we'll give it fifteen minutes, and then, like, if we, you know, if we like it, we'll just continue watching it. And dude, yeah. I was like blown away by it. It's like, like, yeah. I think this is definitely gonna be my top five favorite movies this year. Yeah, you know. And but like is, I said, I don't know if it's necessarily a movie. It's like it's just I a think recorded it's a, perform- I, I would, performance. I would, I would consider it a one man show. Movie. Um, I get it. Like, because it's directed Anatomy, too. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I think because it, it deals with multiple shows. If it yeah. was like a like one night only, then maybe. But like because it's like multiple shows, and then it's all edited between all the shows and different things. I don't know, yeah. but like, yeah, I was like, I was blown away, man. It was just so good, and like, it's dude, the, like the magic that he does it was like knowing that he's on that small stage and there's a crowd in front of him. It's just crazy, yeah. man. Like that's like some of the best magic I've seen, and like his yeah. his like the way he handles his uh, the playing cards, like he do. He's yeah. like he's so good at that. It's like crazy. And so uh, I don't want to get uh, people confused that like this isn't a magic show. He, it's a it's a one man show. It's a monologue uh, about his life, and he kind of like uh, puts an emphasis on certain points by doing magic 
to show that magic. Um, why he uses it's not like he's doing a magic trick every fucking show. He just uses it to like put the put the exclamation point at the end of the sentence. Yeah, if you will. And it's like so and touching. So, it's like very touching and like very emotional. Like it's like. But I do it, like I said. I do think some people would just be like, "This is what? This is like corny." Like. The whole Hannah Gatsby thing, like, you know, when when that when that one man show comedy thing came out and people were like, wait, this isn't comedy. This is a one man show or uh, I don't know. People, you know, uh, it's not for everybody. I I, I I I I don't know if I would recommend it to everybody. I did recommend it to you guys. And like I said, this is going to be this is not necessarily in my top whatever the movies, but it's it's something that's going to sit with me. It's just it was very unique in its uh, storytelling device and. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Like I said, I've seen a bunch of Spalding Gray uh, one-man shows, uh, the Spike Lee, Huey P. Newton, or uh, Gray's Anatomy by Spalding Gray, the whole Soderbergh, Spalding Gray series, but like the John Leguizamo freak, all that shit. You know, I've seen a lot of shit like that, but this is super unique. Yeah, that's the thing that bums me out. It's like, I don't think I'm going to see anything like it again, you know? I mean, unless he does something similar himself but like i just don't see much like seeing something like this again but i i highly recommend it like if at least give it 15 minutes and then if you know if you if you're digging it then it's you really enjoy it from there for sure i don't want to say too much about it too because it's like really i mean as it happens it's like really good what you got what else you got um let me see i got oh wonder woman but i don't want to give it any time because shit sucked (laughs) all right and uh oh that's another movie dude like every single male character was like a total asshole in that movie like I was really? like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, um, Chris. I just, Wh- I felt, I just felt like everybody was an asshole in the movie. And I was like, why does everybody hate Wonder Woman? Like, and the reasons they hate Wonder Woman are so weird. But not even that. Like the way they Christian Wig was treated. Like she dropped her like all of her files, and like the two guys just laughed at her. And then there was like these two <laughs> other guys that were working, and they look at her, and then they just turn around. They're like, "Fuck you! You're gonna have to pick it up yourself." Like, and then like. Like all those guys that hit on her everywhere she walked, it was just like a, it was weird to me. Like I, I pointed out to Mickey, and then like she kind of like even halfway through, she's like, "Oh yeah, like, like it's weird. Like every single guy is, is portrayed <laughs> to be a dumb, either a dumbass or an asshole." And then and then uh, Pedro Pascal, that's yeah. his name, right? I loved him. I thought he was the best part of the movie. No, nah, he was so cheesy, dude. He was fucking corn dog, dude. dude. He was like so over the top. It didn't even like match. Like he was just like I don't know. It was weird to me, dude. He was like, yeah, he felt, so, like a comic, he felt like a comic book character to me. I fucking loved it. So <laughs> that cheesy, was my favorite man. part of the whole movie is Pedro Pascal. And then like it was long, dude. It was so long. Like like I, Mickey kept wanting to like fast forward it to the end. I was like, oh, just <laughs> like I, I, I I rather watch it, you know, the whole thing. But like, but like she was the yeah. one that was stoked for it, and I wasn't. Yeah. And she was like, she checked out like halfway through. But like, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I saw the Night Stalker on Netflix. Oh, series. They, is this a series or is this one documentary? No, it's a series. It's like I think it's yeah. four. I think it might be four episodes. Yeah. And uh, dude, this this is like I'm not really too into like too much into this like murder mystery true like true, true crime, crime stuff. That's not really my thing too much. But this one was like really really good. I think it was one of the best ones I've seen. And um, it's just it's really cool because like it takes place like in our backyard. You know, like I grew up in East LA. And then I grew up in Monterey Park after that, and then I came to Covina. But, like, that's where all that shit happened was Monterey Park, East L.A. And so, like, yeah. I remember, like, growing up, like, my family telling me stories about him. And, like, about, yeah. like, they had to, like, it, like always lock their doors. Everybody was so scared. Everybody was buying guns yeah. to protect themselves, you know? So it was cool, like, looking at this again. And then, like, they were showing, like, all the streets we, you know, like, we know, you know? Like, it's, like, our backyard. So then... Going, but the, the one thing that was crazy is like they showed all the actual crime photos, which is fucking nuts, dude. It was really gruesome. 
Yeah. So like, if you're not into that stuff, then I would kind of stay away. But like, if it doesn't bother you too much, I recommend it. I gotta watch it. Uh, I saw the Tiger Doc. Did you see the Tiger Tiger Doc? No. Wait, wait, which, which one's that? It. The the Tiger? Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods? Oh no, no, I've been wanting to. It's good. It's good. Uh, uh, it gives a full scope of Tiger. It doesn't make him look like a bad or a good guy. It just talks about Tiger's life. It shows you the first two hours are how like fucked up his childhood was, and then the second two hours are like all the recent stuff with the allegations and the retribution and the uh, I guess the resurrection of his career kind of thing. But um, it was good. Um, yeah, I'm not a big golf guy, but Tiger Woods is like the Jordan of golf, I guess. Yeah, it's like a phenom. Uh, but yeah, uh, the last movie I wanted to talk about was uh. My favorite movie I've seen this year. I saw it twice. I've already seen it twice. Uh, I think I'm going to buy it. Okay, uh, so it's your favorite movie this this year, and it's only January still. I mean, it's still January. But now, do you think it's going to stay your one of your favorite movies this year? You think it has that? Yes. Yeah? Yes, yes. This reminds me a lot of the standoff at Sparrow Creek. Oh, my God. It's trash. So, like, people, specifically you, don't like that movie. <laughs> Um, but I really enjoyed that movie and that was a movie that like just stuck with me. This is a movie that I do think is going to stick with me. Um, it's got, it's weird, man. Uh, so the movie's called the kid detective. It's with oh, Adam okay. Brody. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it this much, but man, it's, it fucking got me, dude. I fucking love this movie. I love the way it's written. I love tonally where it goes. It's a noir. Think of it as like a brick, a new brick. So it's mm. like a noir noir that takes place in a new town. The story is basically there's this kid. It starts off real hunky dory. There's this kid who's a kid detective who sol- who solves all these town drama, like town uh, problems. He has like a 13 year old kid. He's like, uh, they solve it. It's, it reminds me a lot of uh, what was that movie? The Donald Glover movie, dude. Donald Glover's first movie that he wrote and directed with the the two friends. I think DC Pearson helped him write it. The mystery mystery gang. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I know but what that's you're talking a, like, about. Yeah, that's a comedic take of that. You know, it's like they're trying to solve a murder or mm-hmm. they're trying to solve a crime, and yeah, it's like three bumbling idiots. This is a kid detective. It's like all, he plays this detective at like thirteen year olds who's like sol- solving all the town's uh, crimes. Like it's like Pleasantville. Like solving, he gets like free ice cream because he solves all the <laughs> all the cases. Like uh, the person's lost kitty, or and then he starts solving murders. It starts getting gnarlier, and then it goes to uh, an abduction, um, and he can't solve it. And that like ruins everything. That ruins his like ego, his, oh, okay. his job, did everything. Like, and then crisis. this movie takes place like thirty years later or twenty twenty five years later, and he's the still a kid detective, but nobody goes to see him. Like he's this private eye that like is on his luck. He's a drunk. <laughs> he's um, even like thirty now or something. Like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like he's still trying to solve that case. And a girl walks into his office, like all good fucking noirs. And she's like, Hey, I have a, I, I have a mystery. I need you to solve. And then that's where it goes. It's like brick dude. It's like, cool. it takes this, it takes that scenario of like a OG noir and mm-hmm. just mixes it uh, into like a quirky background into like some, the mundane, like small town life. And I fucking loved it, man. So and the, then the, third the act- vibe, the vibe of the trailer, does that, is that pretty much the vibe of the movie? I haven't seen the vibe of the trailer. I don't know why. Okay, cool. It looks because I remember seeing the trailer and thinking like, "Oh, this is gonna be really good," you know. Like it has like that, you know. It just looked good. So this is a movie that was this has been hyped up for me, and people have like been saying. So I've been anticipating this movie for a while. People were like, "This is like the best Adam Brody performance of basically his career." Like, <laughs> and I totally agree. I think it's so good. Um, but like I said, I think it, people think of it like. Like, not everybody will like it. But I just think that that third act, man, it totally shifts and it goes. It goes for it. Other movies pull back. It just goes for it. It's like Brick, man. It fucking goes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I fucking loved it. And then, like, all good things, it, like, 
always comes back to your universe. You know what I mean? I look up the director and I look up the writer. It's the same person, first time writer, director. I look it up. I look at his other credits and what's his first movie that he ever wrote? The fucking Dirties. Oh, really? <laughs> so Dude, this is his first debut of that whole crew of those guys. Those guys are good, man. I like, I love everything they've done so far. So yeah, I fucking, dude, I was like blown away. And like, I had been thinking about it and then I rewatched it again this week. Like just because, and I liked it. I liked it even more, dude. I fucking, <laughs> I think the girl they picked is like a star. Um, yeah, I just, I liked it, man. I really fucking liked it. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think it'll stick with me for the rest of the year, but I just know that I had a really good experience with it. Uh, this, this this the my viewing experience this past week uh everything might change i got three movies lined up three sundance movies lined up this weekend uh-huh. uh we'll see how that goes um yeah but there's a bunch of movies coming out all the little things is coming out this weekend i don't so, brody's uh, having a good year so far dude that and promising young woman oh yeah he comes out yeah. of the weekend, promising young woman <laughs> um yeah so i don't know it's uh i really enjoyed the fucking movie i would recommend it to everybody to go see it i think it's only five or six bucks on amazon right now um but yeah yeah definitely i'm gonna check that in the climb out you know the vibes yeah uh that sounds like a good place to end everything guys uh i think next week will probably be another show story just because we got a ton of them uh we'll see what happens uh we will see you when we see you or we will see you at another time all right later guys bye